Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark, directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Harrison Ford. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I watched The Long Good Friday. Mm. It was on uh, Filmstruck. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's a great movie. It's a great, you know, gangster film mm-hmm. with Bob Hoskins and Helen Mirren and Paul Freeman for a minute. Okay. Um, he runs afoul of uh, an IRA hitman who he's cruised by, played by Pierce Brosnan. What the? Yeah. Okay. Now, this is a very small part of the movie, <laughs> but it's notable for many reasons, you know, <laughs> that, w- that are, that are uh, you know, special to us, but also just because it was a cool thing to see. I'm like, that's Pierce Brosnan at age like 25, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> Did he have a yellow hanky? <laughs> I remember seeing Paul Freeman in there and, and going like, well, I was, when, I was, when I was watching uh, the, the movie of this week, I was like, my God, that is the same dude I literally just saw about 15 minutes before I watched this movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, weird coincidences like that happen all the time when you watch as many movies as we do. And mm-hmm. uh, But anyway, The Long Good Friday is an excellent film. That is so cool. Was it just coincidental yes. that he happened to be in both movies? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. Totally <laughs> Was wild. it a good film? It's The Long Good Friday is awesome. You oh, know, like, like, Did you watch it because of Good Friday? Well, no, that's another coincidence <laughs> that just happened to... to I, it just occurred to me that, that oh my God. I know, yeah. dude. Yeah. Whatever. Fine. The, the stars are aligning. <laughs> um... I watched In the Mood for Love. Excellent. Uh, I'd watched uh, Chungking Express like mm-hmm. earlier this year, and I was like, man, I got to see some more of this stuff. Yeah. This movie is so striking in its imagery and the visuals. Of course. And the colors. It's gorgeous to look at. And it's just like full of like the most handsome people you've ever seen. Yes, it is. <laughs> the most beautiful people ever. Yes, it is. And it's about like platonic love kind of, and it... Uh, and maybe not cheating on your spouses mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, even though you kind of want to be with each other. It's um, it's a story about these two people that live next to each other, and their their husband and wives are cheating with each other, and they find out, and then they start spending all this time together, and they they say we're not going to be like them, right? And then it it kind of develops from there, and the film like passes through time, but you don't even realize it. it right. It's pretty great. And the music in this is perfect. Have you seen this one, Dave? Yes, I have. Oh, man, mm-hmm. you're nodding in agreement. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's something else to see, man. And it's it's heartbreaking, too. I know. It's a great movie. I love In the Mood for Love. And I remember when you watched Chungking Express, I almost recommended this one to you. Mm-hmm. Because um, it also feels like an old Hollywood movie sometimes. Yeah. Um, just because of the, the, the costuming and the, the way these people carry themselves. Yeah. Um, um, spending time with these people, you really like them and you really admire them. Yeah. You know? And, uh, like, when they're walking, like, passing each other in slow motion. Oh, man. With that, like, music playing, it is something else. Yeah. It's great. Uh, so, yeah, In the Mood for Love. Yep. Watch that one. Uh, now, let's discuss 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark, Dave. All right. Indiana Jones Part 1. Uh, why don't you give everyone a synopsis? <laughs> so, as you said, this is Indiana Jones one, um, and uh, it's, so this is the film that launched uh, the franchise. And what it is, it's about an archaeologist who um, does a lot of the legwork himself. Mm-hmm. He goes to you know faraway places in the world, and he gets in adventures, and he um, tries to find relics, and finds himself in mortal danger every five minutes. 
It's what we would this romanticize what... archaeology to be. Yes. You know? And it's what being a college professor is about. It's totally... <laughs> it, this is almost a documentary about what being a college yes, professor exactly. is about. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's silly, we know. But it, it's it's also a much beloved film, which we'll yeah. get into. Yeah. Um, it. I still loved it on yeah. this viewing. Mm-hmm. I've seen it dozens of times. Yeah, of course. I got the VHS from McDonald's when I was a child. <laughs> Remember when they used to sell VHS tapes with your Big Macs? Oh, crap. Do you remember that? I don't actually. I don't remember they that. They had all three. Oh, my God. Uh, that was great. Wow. Uh, I think I got the last crusade in my stocking for Christmas. And it came from McDonald's. There's a little arch on the VHS. Oh, see, that, yep. okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they, they'd put their own stamp uh-huh. on, the, on the box. Right. Yeah. It was like a cross promotional deal, okay. you know. Right. So I'm assuming it was around 1989 or something that sounds when this about happened. Right. Yes. So, yeah. Um, don't give me Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, though, for Christmas. I don't want that one. <laughs> Which I saw twice in theaters. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people <laughs> did. And, and you know, th- this thing is almost on the level, it's almost on the level of Star Wars as far as yeah. popularity. Yep. And and the reason you saw a bad movie twice in the theaters was because it's part of the Indiana Jones uh, adventure series. Right, and I think this is going to be another one of those episodes where everyone's seen this movie. Yeah, and Everyone course. knows every frame of it. Yeah. And... Going through the plot piece by piece might not be what happens here. Yeah. Uh, we might go a little, but we're probably just going to, you know, maybe gush on it, point out little things, mm-hmm. and it's going to be one of those episodes, folks. Right. So buckle up. That's right. Get your whip, get your hat. Uh huh. Let's go. Yep. Um, so it opens up with the famous trek to the to get the idol, you know, in uh, wherever he is. Where is he? South America? He is in somewhere? South America, in yeah. Peru, I believe. Okay. So he goes into the cave, and Alfred Molina's there uh, helping him out, which yeah. is great. I yeah. forgot he was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know. And um, My wife goes, is that the guy from Spider-Man? Oh, <laughs> and I said, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. That is an excellent catch. Like he's yeah. in every movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> the way the movie opens is just so full of mystery. Yeah. And it, it's, it sucks you right in from the get-go. The the score from John Williams mm-hmm. with the mystery of going through the jungle. They don't even show you Indiana Jones for a couple minutes. You see his back, you right. know, and then he comes through the light. And, mm-hmm. you know, when he whips that guy who's pulling his pistol on him, <laughs> he pulls like a Martin Lawrence and blue streak. You know, he <laughs> spins around and <laughs> yes, of I knew you were doing that. I have a sixth sense. <laughs> uh, what an opening to a film. I know it's exciting and mysterious and you want to know more about what's going on. And there's all these booby traps, of course, that have been set by um, whoever is guarding this this idol. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Indiana, um, our protagonist, of course, played by the great Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. um, he is like well aware. He's well seasoned of of these kinds of um, places, so he mm-hmm. he's very careful in in his movements, and he's able to like kind of sniff out uh, potential traps. I mean, yeah. I, and I think my favorite of them is when um, he knows that 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 steel uh, like bladed gate is going to clothes uh-huh. um and and he, he 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 like stops alfred molina from going any further and he mm-hmm. knows you know what's what's about to go down right um it's exciting mm-hmm. and and it's like it's easy to understand why why this movie in particular would have just captured everyone's imagination at this time in america right uh because it is it is everything that the 1970s were not completely you know like spielberg and lucas changed movies back to more fun stuff yes uh for better and worse yeah for better and worse because 
you know, what came out of that is a lot of schlocky, of course, stupid, horrible stuff. Yep. Uh, but you get the great ones like this yeah. and Star Wars. And like you said, we hadn't seen this kind of movie in a while. Mm-hmm. The, the adventuring, you know, swashbuckling, you yeah. know, fun adventure. Uh, so they, they brought this back, right. which is great. Like, this is just like they took Star Wars and said, you know, let's take that, the sci-fi thing I did, and let's do, you know, the adventuring stuff yeah and and bam it's perfect yeah Mm -hmm. yeah just just a perfect marriage of all those styles and all Mm -hmm. all that stuff and everything that like that these guys would have grown up reading about yeah it's got a it's it's very cinematic but it's also got an old-time television feel to it um to where you can Uh almost like insert um and we'll be right back after this message from so-and-so right yeah like like (laughs) or like old-time radio even yeah um and i think that's funny you brought it up because it reminds me of almost like Casablanca in ways yeah. like, well, Indiana Jones looks like Bogart man yeah. with that hat and everything. Mm-hmm. And even just the way the film is shot and Marion's bar and stuff. It's yes. like Rick's man. Yes, you is, know, like totally, she even says stuff like, I never thought I'd see you walking through my door. <laughs> yes. Like, it's like, God, that's something Humphrey Bogart says. You she know? may as well have yeah. said of all the ginger <laughs> yeah, in exactly. all the world. Yeah. I know. It's like, it's, it's like a, a tribute to those, movies you know yeah it's not it's not like ripping it off it is paying like homage to it it's a very good tribute yeah You're right it's great yeah and of course also that because they're they're technically fighting nazis you know that that's another part of it that, that makes you definitely feel the casablanca influence mm-hmm. and uh, again in a good way you know i i guess before we skip around a l- we'll have to kind of like get the the main thrust of the of the mission is uh-huh. is they're supposed to find uh, the Ark of the Covenant, and they're given this mission by the U.S. government. This is one of my favorite like calls to action in any movie. Okay, this setup is one of my favorite setups. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Indy gets this idol from the boulder rolling tomb at the beginning, you know this whole introduction. He goes back. He's at college, uh, teaching, and you know Marcus Brody comes in and says, "Hey, there's people here that want to see you." And it's the U.S. government, and they have secret intel of Nazi communications that they're after the Ark of the Covenant or something like that. Yep. Um, And they tell Indy about it, and they don't know what they're talking about, really. They come to him to get these answers, like, what's going on here? What what, what is the Staff of Ra? You know, Mm -hmm. what is this? And Indy's like, what the? He looks over at Marcus Brody, at Denholm Elliott, and is like, gives him this look like, oh, my God. Yeah. Is this really happening? Like... This is some serious shit. Right. And uh, it really sets up how important this is. Hitler is trying to get something that can destroy the world, basically. Yep. And now we have to stop him. Hitler knows the power of the Ark. Yeah. Um, like, like I, I don't remember any part of the Bible that talked about, you know, what would happen if you took the cover off of the Ark and it would unleash, yeah. you know, some kind of other world. You gotta leave the lid on. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess, I mean, what we know is that the, 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 the pieces of the Ten Commandments were stored in there, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, what's inside this Ark is, is some kind of, you know, mystical storm mm-hmm. that will make uh, your army invincible if you have it on your side. Yep. And, uh, you know, America's got to get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That needs to be in allied hands. They don't really say that, but they want, they don't want Hitler to get it. That's, uh-huh. that's good enough. You yeah. Know? Wait, exact. You're right. You're right. What's that thing? Uh, some scientists dub the term where, where some, the amount of time it takes for an argument to say you're Hitler. Like, have you heard of that? There's <laughs> oh, an actual really? scientific term for this. Oh, okay. 
This is like that, like setting that up. Like, what's the worst thing possible? All right, Hitler has the power of God. Uh, of Let's make a movie about stopping that. Yeah, that... <laughs> it's so extremely ridiculous, <laughs> right. but it is so awesome. Uh huh. <laughs> yes, they treat it the way it should be treated too. It's not this silly thing. It's no. not like Castle Wolfenstein or something. Absolutely, mm-hmm. this is treated with the gravity, the severity that it would deserve mm-hmm. if it happened in real life, where Hitler actually had. He's already he's already building you know uh, the the most sophisticated army you know and he's got the best engineers he's got Albert Speer designing you know uh, stealth bombers mm-hmm. already and now he has the Ark of the Covenant yeah <laughs> the whole world is screwed and they're using words like well of souls and stuff it's yeah like, wow I want to see what's gonna happen mm-hmm. like it, it's my favorite setup of for course. any any plot yeah I love it and, and after this setup we he goes and meets Marion yep and. Uh, we already kind of talked about it. It's like Casablanca here. He, he walks in the door. Uh, <laughs> Although I would have loved to see like Ingrid Bergman having a drinking contest with somebody. <laughs> That's the oh, only departure. <laughs> yeah, Peter Laurie and her oh, are going at dude, it. Dude, <laughs> yes. That would be excellent. <laughs> uh, so Indiana Jones is after like the the top of the... Uh, with the staff. What, what is it? What is it called? The staff of Ra. Yeah. Then the the medallion has some name too. I okay, can't remember yeah, what it is, yeah. but he wants the medallion so he can put it on the staff, mm-hmm. and she has it because she is the daughter of Indy's old teacher, and then so that that's uh yeah that's how they met, I guess. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, you, you, and he kind of probably did things with her he shouldn't have. I'm is that what so? you're perplexed by? Is is the the, the troublesome um and problematic no, aspects of their I, relationship? I just. I'm I'm going in a place I didn't think about, oh. and I'm like, uh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm not complex by anything, but it's just okay. Yeah, so I guess they were they met a long time ago. He, you know, had relationships with her, mm-hmm. and then dumped her. Yeah, yeah. What a what a nice guy. Yeah, Indiana Jones is a horrible human being. He really is. Um, he likes to steal. He likes to rob graves. Right. He likes to abuse women, and uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he finds women tied up against their will, and he leaves them sitting there. I mean, it, he does a lot of shitty things to people throughout, mm-hmm. you know, for, in every movie that we see him in. Mm-hmm. And in particular, this one, I'm at least glad that they acknowledged that uh, Indy was messing with Marion uh, when she was just a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, that, that, that was a refreshing thing. It wasn't just like Harrison Ford and Karen Allen, two really good-looking people yeah. going, oh, hey, well, didn't think I'd see you again. Yeah. It's like, well, clearly they're 10 years apart. I, I'm guessing, yeah. She was probably like 16, 17, yep. Yep. and he's pushing 30 maybe. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not good. Right. Uh, but then you, you we meet Tote here, who is the scary German guy mm-hmm. uh, with the hat. And the glasses, and and he comes and wants the the medallion too, and he's gonna torture Marion to get it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's quite tense because he's getting that hot poker right up to her face. Yep. And Indy comes back and saves the day. You hear that? Mm-hmm. And he takes it, and then a big fight happens. It's a pretty cool fight. Yeah. It's nothing spectacular. It's nothing like a huge set piece like in the later Indiana Jones movies. Right. It's just a a big barroom shootout. Yeah, and what I like about the hand-to-hand stuff is that people don't know karate. 
Yeah, that's good. You know, that, that that's a refreshing <laughs> thing. This, you know, this German guy's like, Shaw! yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no like, one, no happen. one is doing actual like like martial arts moves, which, mm-hmm. which which you know, like it's just it's just commonplace for today. It's just a big, you know, American punch. You know, that's <laughs> yes. that's like what Indy's giving everybody here. Even later in the film, when he meets the big German, uh-huh. you know, like, oh, like that, that is still just a bare knuckle like Queensberry boxing. I match. love that because Indy is on the airplane, mm-hmm. and that German guy is down there, like, come on, come on, yeah. And he's got his dukes up. Yeah. And Indiana Jones looks at him. He's like, ugh. All right. And he just climbs <laughs> down and starts putting up his arms. <laughs> like, all right, let's go. Yeah, exactly. It's not, no one's trying to get the upper hand and like just like kill somebody real right, quick. Right. They're like, all right, let's fight this out. Like real, you know, men here in the sure. street. Sure. Uh, it's kind of ridiculously funny. I love it. And yeah, if if it was made today with Jason Statham, I mean, it would be it would be a completely different, you know. Um, oh yeah, he'd do a, a flip off that plane and kick yeah. him on the way down, and then yeah, there, yeah, there'd be aerial work and mm-hmm. um and an enziguri for the one guy. Mm-hmm. It should be wheel kicks for everybody. Uh huh. Everybody you know? spinning like those propellers. That's right, dude. When that guy gets hit by that propeller, it's pretty disturbing. There is like an impressive amount of gore for a PG rated movie. Yeah, and you know. We all know that this was prior to PG-13, and uh, Temple of Doom was actually the movie that kind of got that going. Mm -hmm. But this, you went from PG to R back here, back in the early 80s and before that. So where you draw the line is kind of ridiculous Yeah, in modern standards. It's like, wow, this is a PG movie? Yep. Uh, this guy just got hit by a plane propeller. This guy got shot in the face and it's spurting blood. That guy's head exploded. That guy's head melted. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? We're seeing blood spatter on the side of airplanes. I mean, like, it's 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 unmistakable. Yeah, and uh, this movie did get an R rating. Yep. Because at the end, when Belloc's head explodes, uh, they said that's too much. Yeah. So they put smoke in front of it, and then it got a PG. <laughs> which... which- <laughs> See, and that's what's so weird because, like the the other people who die in that scene, they they, they, they have like fairly gruesome looking uh, fates, you know. It's disgusting. Yeah, and so like if the you face a, melting's worse than the head explosion. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally. Like like the, the the face melting on the Nazi guy is is way I guess more disturbing to look at than a guy's. I mean, when it, when his head exploded, was it like scanners? I mean, was was it like it wasn't scanners quality? I'll tell you that it, much. It, what we see definitely is not scanners quality. But I mean, like, was the original cut? Did it look like that? I mean, is that what what the ratings board had a problem? Maybe it with? did. Maybe it did. Okay. Who knows? But hmm. dude, I don't think any head explosion in movie history. Has that scanner's quality? I I would <laughs> that, agree with that you. That head yeah. explosion is disgusting. <laughs> it re- it it's really does a watermelon. Make yes, it's it is terrible. Yes, yes. Uh, you, you almost can't watch it because it's, it's... something out of like a trauma. You know? know, it's terribly disgusting. Uh huh. It's awesome too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I love seeing it on Facebook in GIF form when someone is just perplexed by something someone did in the news. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? That's funny. Oh man. Mind blown. Yeah. Yes. Good By Lord. Michael Ironside. <laughs> so yeah, uh, this is where they team up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they escape. Tote tries to grab the medallion, and he burns his hand because everything's on fire. And I just realized that on this viewing, the Nazis have half of the medallion like figured out. Yeah, it's because he has it burnt into his hand like Joe Pesci from Home Alone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> geez. Got the McAllister. Yeah, he's got <laughs> Kevin McAllister, dude. 
I didn't realize that until last night. That's I didn't, pretty great. I didn't until you just said yeah. it. Yeah. That's uh, wow. That's a good. That's that's pretty good. And I always say it. Great movies always reveal more to you the more you watch them. Which, just like a book. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they team up. She's his goddamn partner. She says. Mm-hmm. And then they go to Cairo and they meet Salah and they uh, figure everything out now. Yeah. What's going on? And Salah is played by John Reese Davies. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so w- w- with Salah. I don't know, I guess, what to make of his character. Like, I remember the first time I saw it, I kept thinking he was a spy. Yeah, you did? You know. Just, okay. Just, and he's not, of course. But I just always I just always had it in my head that, like, like that maybe at any time he could turn on, on, on Indy and Marion. Right. You know? Well, the um, monkey was the spy. The monkey tattles <laughs> on him. He's a snitch. <laughs> How so? Doesn't he go and he climbs up on that, that guy and is like, oh. And then, and then he knows Indiana Jones is there. I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess technically he is. He I is don't an know. informant. It's, yes, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. And he he makes a sad end. I know. Which I'm Bad always dates, man. Uh, I, well, that that was probably unnecessary. Yeah. To kill that monkey, my God! You know, yeah. like like I when you have a monkey in a film and it's as charming as this one is. Oh yeah. You don't need dude. to kill it 45 minutes into it. Animal death always gets you. Of course. So, yeah. Poor monkey. Yeah. Like. Yeah, he's just there because Indy needs help in Cairo, I guess. I yeah. guess he knows them because of prior digs they've done. Yep. Because he even says, you're the best digger, I guess. he's. I don't know what the term is. You're the best excavator in Cairo. Yeah, I, I think it is digger. Grave, grave robber, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what he meant to say. Uh-huh. Dude, the grave robbing in this movie. What the hell? It's it, glorified. Here's what needs to happen um, in the ar- archaeological community. Stuff... <laughs> that is in a country must mm-hmm. stay in that country. It needs to go back. It needs to anything that that is found in Egypt should be in an Egyptian museum in mm-hmm. in Egypt, mm-hmm. not in a British museum or an American museum, mm-hmm. unless it's on loan from Egypt. Then that's fine. Yeah. Um. I you even, can't say I found this. It's mine. Right. Same goes for for paintings. I got dibs. You know, like like <laughs> I I I love that I can go to Chicago and see. Um, you know, Renaissance stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It, and it's an amazing privilege, mm-hmm. but I really should have to go to Italy to see that stuff. <laughs> I mean, that, that in, a, in a proper world, that's what should happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just a, a few rich people having the ability to purchase these priceless works of art. Right. Um, and ship them to where they live. Yeah. Wasn't King Tut somewhere? Yes. In New York. He's in New York. Yeah. That's a movie. Yeah. That's a, that's a Dino De Laurentiis movie. Mm-hmm. King Tut in New York. That's <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> this, the real king, should not be in New York City. He should be back in Egypt. I mean, you know, like, it makes sense. The, the birth of like <laughs> modern civilization as we know it happened, mm-hmm. you know, in another part of the world. And for whatever reason, well, I know what the reason is, but Westerners think that it belongs to them, mm-hmm. even though they were like, you know, they found it. And they yep. had they had financial backing behind them, and they were you know they had imperialist might. The old yeah you know the crown and the glory of God mm-hmm. yeah yes yes mm-hmm. and here we are spreading civilization yes it's wonderful isn't it <sighs> and uh, now we got to get our hands on the ark so need more glory and, and more power and you know the the they don't <laughs> take responsibility in this movie for that stuff uh huh that, that that's one beef i have with they, they never acknowledge that what they're doing is kind of bullshit right it is and that's the like the 
the romanticized version of it, you know, mm-hmm. that like this is actually how people viewed that back in the day. They were like, oh, yes, look, right. we found these artifacts. We must take them back and yeah. share them. Yeah. Did they even think about whether that was the right thing to do or not, though? Like, Never. Probably not. And it was accepted by everyone except probably the country that they were taking them from. Yes. Pretty, pretty shitty move. And then the archaeological dig is, of course, being carried out, the physical labor, by the people who live there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who we don't get to know at all, except for Sala, mm-hmm. um, who is not played by an Egyptian actor, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's who, British. Yes. He's affecting, uh, uh, I guess... Uh, is he of Egyptian descent or anything? I, I don't like, believe I have he no is. clue. I don't think John Rhys-Davies is. Okay. I, he, this is all just, I mean... I, <sighs> and Alfred Molina... He's yeah. a British actor. He is also an English actor. <laughs> you know, I think he has some Latin heritage a bit, but but he is, you know... Molina is a name that yes. could be from South America. Exactly. So so, so him playing a Peruvian, that, that's yeah. a little better than John Rhys-Davies playing an Egyptian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The movie... I'll, I'll give it a little slap on the wrist for this stuff. Okay. Uh it's fine. Whatever. It, yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's wow. it's still it's still Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, like like my my bullshit liberalism. Everybody is yeah. just it's just coming out, and I'm sorry about it. It's but right. you know what? What are you going to do? I it's it's hard not to notice these things in the culture that we live in now. It is, and you have to. Yeah, yeah. Art changes with the times. Yeah, I mean, uh, so. Take yeah, what still watch the movie. Yeah, it's still great. This is just little shit. Exactly. <laughs> we thought you know. These things always pop up in the movies we're doing, and right. we always just go on it so hard. I know. And you know what? They deserve it. They do. They you're deserve right. it. That's right. Doesn't mean it's not a great movie. It still deserves it. And I'm, I I bet that, uh, like, now we wouldn't be thundering away at Steven Spielberg if he was in the room. I mean, at least <laughs> I wouldn't be. <laughs> but but I think that he would acknowledge that he also he would deserves ag- it. Yeah, yeah, he would know. Yeah. And uh, he'd probably say the same things we did. Of course. Uh yeah, and then he'd probably say it was still a good movie, though. Exactly. So whatever. Like, you still liked it. You still liked it. You still bought it six <laughs> separate times. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you still went to McDonald's and got that collector's cup. <laughs> exactly, because he knows he knows his business. Yes, he learned from the best, uh-huh. George Lucas, uh, the true businessman of the movies. Yes. Um. So they know that uh, the Nazis are digging in the wrong place. So they go to the right place. And the scene when Indiana Jones goes down with the, the correct staff and uh, the beam of light comes down, that's pretty sweet, man. Oh, that's a really cool it's effect. Even, it's so good. I'm, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm thinking, all right, how is this going to work? The, the sun's just shining down. Yeah. And then the beam comes out of this crystal. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, probably wouldn't happen in real life, but <laughs> but who cares? It's Raiders of the Lost Ark, man. We're not watching, you know, a documentary. No, and and I mean, even if it doesn't happen in real life, like sort of that mystical. Mm-hmm. If you did have like a a recreation of the staff raw, and you held it up as you know to the sun that yeah. way, that there would be some kind of effect that would go into your yeah, perfectly yeah. rendered diorama mm-hmm. that's on the floor. Yeah, um, and we're we're talking about um. A fantasy adventure, basically. Yes. You know, the things they're after are these fantastical items that have powers. Right. This stuff's got to be in the movie, you know? We're, we can't be grounded in reality. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so they find the real location, and they go and dig it up in the middle of the day. The middle of the uh, twilight hour. Mm-hmm. The sun's setting behind Indiana Jones, looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of my favorite jokes in the movie is 
when they open the like seal to the chamber and there's a giant like Anubis statue and the thunder flashes and John Reese Davies just goes, ah, oh, yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> funny. Yes. I don't know why it gets me every time. And Indiana Jones looks at him. He goes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it gets me, but I'm on the floor every time he does that. There are a couple of realistic moments in the movie that are like that where, uh-huh. where like he can't be defeated in any physical confrontation. Mm-hmm. And then he has these moments like that where he goes, sorry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think in uh, in this movie, primarily, he is the least superhero-y, I think. Yeah. Uh, in Temple of Doom, there's some ridiculous crap happening where he kind of is a superhero. Right, right. Uh, even, even in all of them, there kind of is. Like, uh, this one is the most grounded, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just supposed to be an everyman, you know? Yeah. He's not... You know, Spider Man or something. He's a college so, yeah. professor. He's a college professor who uh, shoots people. <laughs> I can't get over it. The way he so casually throws the gun into the suitcase. Like, yeah. I'm young, prepared. And he throws it from across the room in a really weird way. He would just go underhands it into his clothes. Yeah. That man. was a weird moment. I like it. And <laughs> that's another good scene to really set up how, how important this is. Yeah. Denholm Elliott's sitting there and he's saying, you know, this is like nothing you've ever done before. You know, this is something else. Right. This is not just getting like a rock from a tomb. This is something crazy. So you better be careful. And then that's when he says, you know, I'm always prepared. And he throws the gun in. Right. And then you hear the music be like, dun, 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 or whatever (laughs) it does. The music's spectacular in this movie. It is. But I have one beef with it. What's your one beef with it? I think that John Williams is plagiarizing himself in a Star big Wars. way. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The love theme yes. from Star Wars is Marion's theme. Leia's theme is Marion's theme. Yep. Yeah. Which is absolutely man. That that's <laughs> that's some bullshit, John. <sighs> I know. You know. Mm-hmm. And and even though like like his his most famous score, of course, is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. My actual favorite score that he ever did was uh, JFK. Uh huh. Um. That, that, that opening drums, you know, in the beginning of that movie is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, Schindler, his Schindler's List score is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, this one, I'm just, like, I'm like kind of going, okay, I know it was only four years later. Yeah. You know, and, and actually Empire, Empire was, was the year before. Yeah. So he's probably a little winded. Yeah. And he's probably, you know, like, okay, Stephen and George, you need some more music, huh? Okay, well, what do I got here? <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you about 60% of what I usually do. Those guys tapped him, exactly, man. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I don't blame John, <laughs> you know? I think we talked about John Williams before, and he's been nominated for more Academy Awards than, like, anyone ever. I think only Walt Disney has him beat. Yeah. Man, uh, he's the most prolific composer of our time you know and he's still and doing it everything he writes is a masterpiece yeah which is unbelievable <laughs> I, I i feel i feel like so small right now having just told john williams he's a bunch of bullshit because like this man has accomplished so much in his life you know and it's not direct plagiarism you know it's yeah. not vanilla ice stealing queen <laughs> right this is like <laughs> He he maybe has a couple notes that are the same. Yes, but it it, it, it like it lights up these memories of Star Wars yeah. when you hear it. So it's, it's like okay, yeah, mm-hmm. it's so indelible that yeah. you immediately pick up on yeah. it. Yeah, uh, whatever. Right, it's fine, John. What a what a joke! <laughs> what an ass. <laughs> That's right.
give us some original music. Maybe something like dun 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 dun. Which, that would work. You know what? He knocked that one away. I mean, like that. That is so. If if you t- if you ask a four year old today and play that song for them, yep. they kind of know that this is we're about to have an adventure. It's exactly it's it's adventure time, man. Yeah. It's time uh-huh. to go. That's right, dude. The guy's a genius. He is. He is. I mean, like when he what he has contributed to our culture is kind of irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a treasure. Yep. Uh, for all time, we'll <laughs> dig him up in a thousand years. <laughs> Well, snakes. All right, yeah. So let's let's talk about him. Uh-huh. Uh, the Belloc. I love Belloc in this movie. Um, yeah, he's an awesome character. Uh, Paul Freeman is fantastic. Like, there's moments when, like, like I just brought up, he has that you know, like pocket watch. He says, "Look at this. It's worthless. I'll bury it, and in a thousand years, it's priceless." Yep. Uh, the way his eyes light up when he's talking about like history and archaeology and the way we perceive these things Mm -hmm. this guy is so like his world is this stuff and he's made he makes a good point i mean we're digging up like a rock a piece of metal you know that maybe was just a kid's toy or something and it's in a museum now like and it's gonna (laughs) continue you Uh know and uh the way he treats it is is marvelous. I love it. Yeah, the the economics of archaeology mm-hmm. and how how this stuff works. I mean, it's 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 just beautifully rendered, you know, in the story and also in this speech by Paul Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, he he really kind of makes you uh, wonder about about the worth of things mm-hmm. and um, how someone can take something of no value and make money off of it. He might be the most honest person in the movie. Oh, I even agree. though he's a treacherous snake, you I, know. And and when you bring it up, I didn't realize he was my favorite character until you just brought him up. Well, you, you that, know, it's the old saying, you know, a, a great hero is only made by a great villain. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you don't even realize how important he is in this movie, right? To make Indiana Jones who he is. And we we first actually saw him in Peru when he like right. stole the idol from Indy. You know, with the help of a bunch of uh, like like native people. Yeah, the Jovitos. Yes. Uh, Alfred Molina asked him, "Is that a friend of yours?" And he says, "No, a competitor." Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it sets it up right at the beginning, and right. then you see him, and he's got the local tribe on his side. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and he's a little bit complex too. I mean, like like mm-hmm. he is uh, he's not the most evil person in the world. No, I think I'm. You said it the best. He's complex. Right. He. The scene when they they throw Marion down into the the chamber with Indiana Jones full mm-hmm. of snakes, mm-hmm. he's like, "No, I'll take her, keep right. her with me." And they're right. like, "No, she's got to go." And he's kind of like, "Okay, it was not to be, Marion. It was not to be." And then, like, he's walking away, and it's you seem, it seems like he's not a hundred percent on board with this, but he realizes, you know, this is kind of what what we got to do. Yes. So, okay, I'll go with it. Right. But I'm not agreeing with everything these Nazis are doing. He's a pragmatist. Mm-hmm. And and yes, he is a little bit uh broken up about, you know, not being able to save Marion, but he's he's got a job to do and he's going to carry it out. Mm-hmm. And I guess his and his actual role in the story is that he's heading the dig that is uh yeah. competing with Indy and Sala. Mm-hmm. Uh he's he's helping the Nazis out. Mhm. Yeah, what a douche yes exactly he has no conception of what he's doing but you know there he is and i know he realizes he's helping a bunch of dicks yeah he does <laughs> and uh <laughs> and probably the biggest dick in history uh-huh but he is in it for the dig you know he his prize is to find out what is the ark 
what is this about? Right. What's going to happen? This is the most important artifact in human history. He has he has scientific and historical curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what's driving him. And he doesn't care if it's Hitler or fucking LBJ. Yep. You know, he doesn't care. Right. So so he's just going for it. That's uh, right. He's and, a mercenary. Uh, True yeah. mercenary. And uh, yeah, he it's great. You know, he's good. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Paul it's, Freeman is right, wonderful. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and when <laughs> when they're trapped in this snake pit, mm-hmm. um, and we all know Indy hates snakes. We all know this. Yep. So uh, I like that at the beginning. The guy says, "Oh, that's my pet snake, Reggie." <laughs> I love when he says his name is Reggie. <laughs> that's so good. It's a good name for a snake. Yeah, Reggie. Uh, so uh, when she like goes through that like broken wall down in that pit. Yeah. She runs into like all these corpses and it's like a horror. It's a, it's the house of a thousand corpses. It is another thing. This is a PG movie. This guy has a snake going through his eye and out his mouth. That might be the most shocking PG effect I've seen. And they show it twice. Yeah. Oh, I mean like everywhere she turns there, there is another like even more, gross looking desiccated George Romero corpse. Yes. You know, and you're right. This was, uh, you know, <laughs> like parental guidance suggested parental guidance suggested. I mean, <laughs> if I, I could have walked in there at age five and, and gotten a ticket, that would have been awesome. You know, <laughs> just walk in. Here you go. Exactly. Well, his parents aren't with him, but the MPAA said it was suggested. So I'm going to let him through. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And, and mm-hmm. enjoy <laughs> enjoy Carnival of Souls, son. <laughs> um yeah, so they get out and then the plane fight happens. Yeah. We've already talked about that. Dude, that blood splatter, man. It's 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 Scarface technique here. It is. Uh wonderful. You think they filmed him getting chopped up and had to take it out I for the R rating? Probably that, that, that is probably <laughs> There's what happened. There's limbs flying. Yes. Because like if the only thing separating PG and R was Paul Freeman's face or head exploding, I mean it couldn't have just been one effect, no, right? No, there had to be a few things. Yeah, maybe that, maybe that, that, that huge Nazi uh, bare knuckle yeah. boxer uh-huh. w- was 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 cut to ribbons by by a propeller. That had to be it. Oh God, you know. And I hope it was because I would have loved to have seen the deleted scene. I would love to see Steven Spielberg talking to these people. Like, come on, come on, just yeah. just let it go. Exactly. You know, he's he is fighting for these things a lot, mm-hmm. as we know. Yes. Uh, I want to hear this meeting with this board of. <laughs> Oh, these people who think they know what's best I know, for everyone. With Jack Valenti and his minions. I know. <laughs> um, and and I I actually I know this would never work in real life, but but I think a good policy is is if a Nazi dies in a film, it's already it's just PG. Okay, no you matter know, what. Yeah, exactly. No matter what. <laughs> and whether we're talking about Hitler's people or the modern ones, you know, anytime you kill a Nazi in a movie, everyone everything's see it. fine. <laughs> Rated G. You know, <laughs> general audience. Exactly. <laughs> but if you're a Nazi, you can't see it. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, I, I, I you get in for free. Yeah, so you can oh, see your yeah. own kind okay, go down. Yeah, there you go. And may, maybe you'll wise up. Yeah, this sounds very. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no problems with this. Yes. <laughs> But what if, okay, so Schindler's List, let's say. Yeah. Would that be rated G? Okay. Because so there's lots of other people that die that th- aren't Nazis. I, I actually, like, in all seriousness, I, I feel that the, to make that movie rated R, um, to where... That kind of sucks it that does. it's rated R. I mean, the they idea that, do, like... They needed a Malcolm X treatment of it of to course. where kids could see it. And, I mean, I, I know that, like, with uh, with that movie... It, it's tough to, to give it like the Malcolm X cut because, you know, you have to, you have to show, I guess, the barbarism of, 
of you know like like bringing people naked into the gas chambers yeah. it, it's it's just part of what you you have to like mm-hmm. to get that effect and get people to know what really happened you have mm-hmm. to show it but like th- there had to be some kind of thing where it you're judging this movie um the same as you're judging you know big yeah you know yeah. or or the river wild uh-huh. you know it's it's like i mean come on you we, we know that, that these things are not like the other ones exactly i never thought i'd hear someone say schindler's list and the river wild <laughs> In the same sentence, yes. comparing the two. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that has never happened. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. We can get off our soapbox a uh-huh. little bit. Right. Uh, let's talk about, you know, submarines and rocket launchers. Fine. Let's right. do it. Yeah. <laughs> so Indiana Jones steals the the Ark of the Covenant, Covenant mm-hmm. from the Nazis here. Yeah. They got it in a truck. He jumps on the truck and steals it. And it's a cool action set piece yeah. fight in a in you know a speeding vehicle, you know it's pretty exciting here. It's not boring. No, I mean I, I've gone on record as saying these kind of things bore me. This one didn't. No, this know? is a great one. Right, it's well uh, shot. Everyone tries to get into the cab of the truck to to kill them and f- like fist fight them, which yeah. is cool. <laughs> and I'm thinking, why don't they just shoot them? Well, they're not idiots. They know the truck's gonna flip over and they're all gonna die right. if they shoot this guy driving the car. True, true. <laughs> so they go and fight them. <laughs> And I, I, I have to say that, like, the one, the last dude who gets into the truck with Indy. The final boss. Yes. Yeah. The, the, yes. <laughs> Level seven Shang dude. Shang um, He has a great strategy. Because Indy has yes. been shot. When he punches yes. Indy directly in the bullet wound. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. You know, you have to do that. <laughs> if you saw it in real life, oh, I'm going right. to, where's this guy weakest? Sweet I'm going to hit the leg. Exactly. You got a That's problem with right. that? That No sensei. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I watched Karate Kid this week again. Awesome. It is still like, it's still my favorite movie. Of I course. love this movie. Of course. Um, so yeah, that guy ends up getting run over and you see like half of it. <laughs> you yeah. See, you don't see the, the tire make contact to the dude. Yeah. But you see like the guy's arms and legs flail up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was this some kind of edit? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that is an edit. This has to be some kind of edit. Yeah, because it it probably originally was like Death Race 2000, and they, uh-huh. and they just cut it down because it's the guy's head probably exploded. Yes. There's another head explosion they had to take out of this movie. Sure, come on. Sure, because Jack Valenti said so. Yeah, and we we got to make more money, so let, let's let's get out. The- Maybe the guy should have just melted, and they could have shown it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the car runs him over, and he melts. <laughs> <laughs> the friction causes heat. And we're, in a, we're in a fantasy scenario anyway, <laughs> yeah. so why not? Well, the arc's in the car there. Maybe That's the power right. of the arc melts them. Yes, the arc shot one of its beams and and it because it knew it was in trouble. Right, yeah, it's like, yes. help me, Indiana Jones. You're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And then the music happens, and you're like, wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... He drives off and he, he gets on the boat. Sala and his friends help him out and they're, they're leaving. And you get the romantic scene on yeah. the boat, which is great. Where he's, oh, because he's all cut up from being dragged by the truck. Uh-huh. Uh, and Marion Ravenwood is, you know, tending to him. And, and she's telling him to stop complaining. <laughs> and he says it's, it hurts or whatever. And she's like, where? And he says, here. And he points to his elbow and she kisses it. And then he knows what's up. And he starts pointing <laughs> to other places on his body, and she starts kissing it. It is. Um, he points to his lips, oh, and yeah. then they kiss. Yep. And um, you know, yeah, I I really enjoy it. It's a good scene because and they're on this. They they have a really 
uh, nice cozy setup there mm-hmm. uh, in, in down down below decks where the captain has given them like his room and yeah um, yeah it's I, I like this scene quite a bit it's really good and then uh, a U-boat comes and, and captures it mm-hmm. they take Marion they take the Ark they can't find Indiana Jones because he's hiding in like whatever that thing's called a smokestack or something yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then they can't find Indiana Jones where is he he swam to the U-boat <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is kind of really bullshit here. Yeah. Because the way... I never noticed this before until last night, but... <laughs> all right, so he swam to the U-boat, and he I, he stows away somehow. Uh-huh. I don't know if that U-boat submerges again, or if he's just hiding on top. I don't know what happened. Because it cuts to the U-boat docking somewhere. Yeah. Uh, some island where... They're gonna test the arc, I guess. Yeah, it's somewhere in the like, like near uh, near Greece. Yeah, like, when when because they, they 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 cut to that map that they keep showing. Uh-huh, you yeah, know, and you, you see oh, that the map's great. Yeah, I lo- <laughs> I I wish that was in every movie. Everyone actually. loves the map. <laughs> I love those maps. <laughs> yeah, and but then it like he's like already in the facility there, and he yeah. sees the boat docking. Did I miss something? That does it show him jump off the boat? Because I didn't see that. I, I think it must show him like jump below decks. Like maybe he opens a hatch on top of the U boat and happens. gets in there because like because when when we see the inside, I mean it. The movie turns into Dust Boat for a minute. Yeah. Um. It actually looks exactly like Wolfgang Peterson's mm-hmm. movie. Uh-huh. And and I I like the one thing that they turn on its head a little bit. The gag that we've seen a million times in every movie of like beating some dude up, stealing his clothes, yeah. and then blending in. Then you get into heaven. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they he beats up the one guy and the clothes the are too clothes small. The clothes don't fit. Yeah. And then another guy comes and says, hey, what, uh-huh. what's wrong with you? Your yes. uniform's not right. Right. And then he takes that guy's clothes. It, it's good. <laughs> I liked it. I thought that was a really cool thing. It is. It's funny. Uh, even though we, we can't remember how Indy got into this fix, we'll, we'll just, I yeah. guess, you know. He stowed away on a, a submarine. Yeah. Ab- about a thousand nautical miles journey. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. What? We're going to okay. assume he yeah. didn't just hold his breath when the, when the U-boat submerged. <laughs> you or know? eat or drink or ex- die from exposure. Or I, I know. I, mean, I know. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe he rode like, like a narwhal or something. I mean, <laughs> I know they live in the Arctic or whatever, but possible, I mean, something, right. something must have happened here. Right the, yeah. Mediterranean narwhal. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two great words that <laughs> deserve to be said together. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> so uh, he gets a rocket launcher while they're on a journey to go test the Ark. Because mm-hmm. uh, Belloc tells the, the captain or whoever, you know, do you want to take this back to Hitler and open it and nothing is in there? Yeah. Or nothing happens? We have to see this. And I know Belloc's motivation is not to please Hitler. He's curious for himself. Yeah, you know? of course. Uh and he just wants to, because he, I think he knows once he delivers this, he's out of the picture. Yep. He can't even experience what's happening. He can't study it. Nothing. So uh, that's what's making him, you know, do this. Yeah. He needs to satisfy his his curiosity yeah. first. So then Indiana Jones shows up with the rocket launcher, which is just awesome. Yeah, great movie. I, I love it. <laughs> yep. He's like, give me the girl and you can have the arc. And they call his bluff, you know, mm-hmm. go ahead, shoot us. Yeah. He doesn't do it. So. So now he's captured. Block is just really smart. Yeah. yeah. You know? He's like, you're not going to blow up the Ark. Yep. What 
what's wrong with you, Indiana Jones? Yeah. <laughs> and what do you think is wrong with me? I yeah. know who you are. I know that you're pretty much mm-hmm. just like me. Yeah, he tells him that a couple times. You know, we're the same. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, then they get captured, and then you get this, you know, amazing ending where the power of God just kills everyone, except <laughs> Indiana and Marion. Because they keep their eyes shut. They don't look at it. I mean, you're not supposed to look at God. Right. So, so that's, I guess, what happens here. And I wonder, too, I've always wondered if they're making a reference to uh, to Lot and his and Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Um, because, like, the, the, whole, the whole point of um, them not being taken away by... By what happens to these other guys is that they just don't look at it. It could be. Yeah. I'm, it's got to be. Yep. I don't know. Um, and it works out well uh, in the movie. The, the the special effects look good, too, I think. When they first look into the arc, and it's like those cloud that storm is brewing in it, yep. that's really cool. I know. Um, and it reminds me a lot of Ghostbusters effects, yes. which came out like three years later. Right. Uh, this is just as good as that. It, it looks great. Yep. The, all this light and these spirits are coming out and encircling all these Nazis, all these soldiers. And uh, it's kind of mystical and not really scary right off the bat. It's like, whoa, what's happening? This is kind of neat. Right. Uh, kind of spooky. And then this one like, ghostly spirit comes up to, is it Belloc who it comes up to? I, it's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. One of the main bad guys. And then it changes into a skull, like a dead corpse ghost. And uh, the music gets scary. And uh-huh. then all this shit hits the fan and everyone melts. And their eyes explode and their heads explode. And <laughs> light lightning is zapping through people's abdomens, going through other people's eye sockets and out out their anuses probably. <laughs> like this is, this is a great PG movie, folks. <laughs> Five-year-old Dave would love this. Yes, dude. I would dig it the most. This is this is terrifying stuff. I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm now thinking back to like the Nazis' face melting. That scared me half to death as a child. As well, it should because yeah. like like it is it is a gruesome effect. It scared me last night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it is gruesome when you see the glasses fall off the face. I think that's what it is. Yeah, because it's like. I'm pretty sure it's a stop motion effect yeah. and like it's an actual pair of glasses on this model yep. that's melting down this yep. wax model, I guess. And dude, like just thinking I wear glasses. Yeah. So thinking my face melting and feeling those things go down my skin is that's just disturbing. If your nose goes away, th- then your glasses are gone. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's there, there's nowhere for they're, them to put, you know, where for you put them. Voldemort doesn't wear glasses for that reason, <laughs> dude. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, this is a, the movie gets pretty messed up right here. And I like too, how Belloc is, is fascinated by what he's seeing. Well, I, I, I have a feeling that he knows what's coming too. That, that he's sure about he knows. to die. I'm sure he knows. You know? And his curiosity really was, all right, so is this really going to happen or not? Mm -hmm. And then it happens, and he's just like, all right, I know. Now I know, and I'll die. I'll die for that knowledge. Right. That's an interesting concept there. That is great. And you totally sympathize with that, too. Like, I will die for that knowledge. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is worth it. Um, See, I don't think we could have pulled that out uh, on one viewing of this movie. No, probably not. Uh, That comes out with more... 
analysis and watching. Yep. You know, uh, uh, and then that's the end. They take the arc back, I guess. Uh, you kind of get your epilogue here. And uh, the government has taken the arc and Indiana Jones is pissed off. Uh, and uh, they're never going to get to study it, and they don't know what they have. Uh, they're just going to – it needs to be studied, is right. what he's saying. And th- th- now it's going to be – who knows what's going to happen. And we see the famous sequence of it being boxed up and just put in a an endless museum. Yep. You know, next to box number 10891246, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what this is now, a number in an endless warehouse. What a damn shame. <laughs> that's a shame. You know. But you know what? I'm glad no one's messing with it. Well, that's true. I mean, like like the power that could destroy the world is just mm-hmm. in a warehouse somewhere, in, in an army Quonset hut, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just a giant place. Where- you know where that needs to be? In a tomb in Egypt. Damn straight. <laughs> that's where it needs to be. That's right. <laughs> exactly, dude. It needs to... I mean, all of these treasures. The- it was buried away. It was locked away. Yep. You don't need to move it somewhere else to lock it away. Come on. And I guess, I guess to, to <laughs> maybe, maybe the movie is making a comment on this. If Indy's a good guy, yeah, you know, then him and Marion take the Ark and place it back underneath the Earth in that tomb, and then you know, Porkins doesn't get to tell us, you know, that the <laughs> top men are on it. You know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that would happen. Right. Indiana Jones would not do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Whew. I think Spielberg probably thought about all this. Yeah. I think he did. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's really good at putting this, these little subtle things in his movies. Right. So he probably did think about that a little, but, I mean, he didn't make it a point in the movie. No. Uh, but So if you can extrapolate that, that's, maybe he has some kind of intention of putting that in, but maybe not. Right. But, yeah, that's the end of the movie. <sighs> yeah. How many people did he kill? How many people did Indy kill? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't really count that high, I don't uh, think. This movie has a huge body count, actually. And I guess... It's it, a huge body count. And and you could just do that. In 1936, you could go overseas and start killing people. As long as they, they weren't, you know, like Americans, then, then you know, it was fine. Especially if you were in the service of the government. Uh-huh. Um, or, an, or just an archaeologist, I guess, you know, on, <laughs> on holiday, I suppose. Only uh, military and scientists <laughs> can kill people. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the, the, and the one, the, the the most famous kill in the movie by Indy is when uh, these swordsmen oh, yeah. uh-huh. dressed in black. Uh, <laughs> the you big know, guy with the scimitar. Yes. He, he like puts on a big kata show, you mm-hmm. know, to, to entice Indy into a fight. And Indy casually gets out his gun and, and shoots him in the street. And we all probably already know this, but that was an improv scene mm. because there was originally supposed to be a big, you know, fist fight and stuff. Okay. Um, and I think... Harrison Ford. I think he had a fever or something that day and couldn't move. So they filmed this scene of him just pulling the gun out and shooting instead of doing this big choreographed fist fight. I read about this last night too. Like a lot of people got dysentery. Yeah, I, on the yeah. set. I mean, good <laughs> lord. I, he, I guess he was sick with it when, during during the chase when he has the uh, the arc in the truck. Uh-huh. Like when he was fighting that dude. I mean. God, he's got dysentery and he's getting punched in the arm. Imagine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. That, that's a, that's, I can't imagine the worst kind of hell than getting punched in the arm while having dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, our question of the week is going to be something about this, but right. would you say this is the best Indiana Jones? 
Um, yeah, I think so. Okay, I, I think it it probably is. Yeah, I uh, I really like the third one a lot too. Yes, which is almost like a clone of this in a way. Uh, it deals with the exact same subject matter. Sure. Uh, but whatever. This this is a great movie. Yeah. All right. So would you recommend the movie, Dave? Yes, I would recommend Raiders of the Lost Ark definitely, uh-huh. um, and I'd give it four stars. Uh, exactly. Me too. Four stars. Mm-hmm. A definite recommend. Uh, watch it multiple times. Uh, I'd say watch all the Indiana Jones movies. Even watch the terrible fourth one. Yes. Just to see it. It does have some pretty cool stuff in it, mm-hmm. but it's pretty dumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And it's a lot of you know Jar Jar Binks CGI in yeah, it. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, and you see Shia LaBeouf uh, swinging in a tree with monkeys made of computers. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's nice. There's some good Kate <laughs> Blanchett in the movie. She's actually pretty good. In that um, movie. She's the only reason really to stick around. Yeah, uh, and there's one good scene where Indiana Jones whips uh, like a light in a, a warehouse and like flies through the air and lands on a truck. That's pretty awesome. Yes, that was in the trailer, and that's the only thing I wanted to see in that movie. Okay, right, and it paid off. Of course, uh, it doesn't pay off the rest of the movie. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, we're rambling about this now. Right. I am, at least. So, uh, so yeah, uh, that wraps up the show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes. Rate it, review it. Most of all, share it. Get some more dudes listening to the dudes. And if you don't use iTunes, we're on any other podcatcher. You know, just pull up Dudes on Movies, and we'll be right there. Or go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yeah, and we're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look for Dudes on Movies, and our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Uh-huh, and we've got a voicemail. You can call in and leave us a voicemail for the answer to the question of the week. Uh, Dave, what is the question of the week? Uh, the question of the week, what is your favorite Indiana Jones film? Yeah, let us know, and tell us why. Yes. That number is 304-804-DUDE. 304-804-DUDE. Call and leave us your answer. And stay tuned next week when we discuss 1975's The Sunshine Boys, directed by Herbert Ross and starring Walter Matthau and George Burns. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time.